Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch the movies that you recommend, and in this case, actually send to us. I am your host, John. With me, as always, my co-host, Jeff. Hello! I assume someone here was just clearing out movies that they owned, because why is this on our list? Uh... So we got sent a stack of movies, and yeah. of course, our policy is if you actually send the movie to us, yeah, yeah. you get two entrances into our list, so it's slightly more likely that you will come up when we randomly determine what we're going to watch. Sure. Uh, but included in this were a bunch of real weird ones, like a the kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is like a Transmorphers where it's just there to oh, confuse yeah. grandmas. Mockbusters. Yeah. Like, so you got the snakes on a train and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, a few other little goofy ones. But then also what we watched this week, American Ultra. Yeah, which I'm like, yeah, you know, I know that Max Landis is a real piece of shit. I, you don't have to tell me about Brighter, just his life in general. But of his movies, this one is fine. This is like this is up there with Chronicle. Yeah, I well, I've never watched Chronicle, but it's uh, good. It's well, it, it's it's hard for it not be good. It, it's got Michael B. Jordan. See, that's the thing is, I feel like you're really leaning on the action scenes being good and the actors being decent in this, rather than any particular thing in the writing. Well, even then, even if you're like, all right, this movie, it's not the best in the world. Why? Oh, because it's basically what if Born Identity, but he's a stoner. Oh well, I mean, that's basically the thing is, it's much more like. Hey, what if Max Landis himself were actually a cool badass? That's true. That's fair. It's very much... Except Max Landis grew up rich and in Southern California and not a a burnout in West Virginia. Well, yes. Yeah. But it's amazing how much people who grew up rich are like, ah, yes, I'm just a regular stoner guy. Yeah, that's the Kid Rock syndrome. Mm -hmm. Kid Rock grew up on a property that had more than one stable and more than three tennis courts on his family property itself yes and he he lives a life of being like oh no i'm a redneck from down south like a y'all and you're like no bitch you're from like michigan (laughs) (laughs) you are a yankee rich motherfucker also you look like dr phil now (laughs) it's true (laughs) it's extremely true but yeah this is as Jeff said, basically Born Identity, but for, you know, burnout stoners. Yeah, it's the same plot as Born Identity. It's just, oh, this guy uh, is secretly a super ultimate government badass, but he doesn't know it. When did this come out? Uh, 2015, I think. So this is the reason why Eisenberg got cast as Lex Luthor, probably, right? Maybe. Because here he is playing some sort of weird badass who occasionally gets super serious. I guess I, uh, that would make sense to me. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's why he got cast as Luthor. Really? I thought that's what I thought. Yeah, because it was like, oh, look, he can do like dynamic action stuff where he's weird about it. And that's exactly what they wanted for Luthor was for him to be really fucking weird. Yeah, but I mean, Luthor has zero action. It's scenes. True. There's no action scenes for him other than like that, that, that scene where he dynamically fills a jar with his piss. <laughs> And we watch him do it. Yeah, we do. We it's, just watch him drain piss. It's extremely graphic. <laughs> that, of course, the Snyder Cut. That's the Snyder Cut. That's why people want those Snyder Cuts back in so badly. You get to see everyone piss. Yeah, everyone. Every single person in the movie. Even the extras in the background. Every sing- every parademon does whatever parademons do when they piss in that movie, in the yeah. Snyder Cut. No, that's shriek mostly. That's why it's five hours long. Yeah, lots so of much- shrieky piss. <laughs> yeah. You gotta find out how Steppenwolf pisses, and 
a background Green Lantern just letting it fly while he's flying around in the background there. Yeah, and yeah. it's not even like they do anything cool, like, oh, no. he gets a big green dick out and pisses through that. No, he's dude. No, he's way up in the sky, and you can kind of vaguely, if you can tell, tell there's like a flesh-colored spot in the center of his uniform, and you're like, oh, come on, man. Aww. And then P hits one of the Amazons, and like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, and, then but- she, and then she pees. Because ev- well, everyone, everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's it's like that you throw up and then everyone else starts throwing up. It's yep. the same thing. <laughs> you pee, everyone else is like, well, now I gotta pee. That's a Snyder Cut. If you haven't watched a Snyder Cut, that's what they are. <laughs> and please, do not question us. Don't check it out. You'll you'll be disappointed. It's uh, it's not great. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, without really getting into a lot of spoilers in here, although, honestly, the main conceit is pretty much... The only spoiler of the movie. Yeah, yeah, we and we've already said it. We already said it's Born Identity, but a stoner, and you know exactly the beats of Born Identity, which means you also know all the beats of American Ultra almost completely. <laughs> like I remember which Born Identity movie it is where they eventually give him a girlfriend who's secretly a handler. But what the fuck do you know? Ah, uh, you spoiled the twist. No, that doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> who hurt you? <laughs> Sorry, I spoiled a 2015 movie that you didn't know what it was about, and you just no way you and cared. There was a zero percent chance you were going to watch it anyway. Yeah, except now you were like, "Wait, is that American movie? That one where like two guy, two weirdos sit on lawn chairs and make a film?" No, no. Oh, okay. Is it American? Bad- Bye. Yeah. <laughs> is it American Badass? And we back on Kid Rock. Is it American Sniper? Yeah, it's American Sniper. That movie about a liar. Yeah. Yeah. That piece of shit. Grumpy today. I'm real. I'm grumped out and I don't know what it is. I had a burrito. I should be feeling fine. Yeah, you're not. not and neither am I. I'm, I'm all pissy. Yeah, that's right. We're all full of piss and no vinegar. That's the problem is there's too much piss in us. Someone needs to come in here and make a Snyder cut. <laughs> I got to get Snyder cut. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's take a quick ba- break, play some music. I'm going to go take a Snyder cut and then we'll be back with the full review of American Ultra. We're back, and it's time to talk about American Ultra. Sure it is. That's that's what we'll do. That's what we yeah. do here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket. We'll talk about American Ultra with my wife, Terry Gar. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is a movie about just... Uh, Porn Identity. <sighs> I but, mean, it's born identity, but, but the stoner, but the stoner is also like, oh, he's got panic attacks and he's all like, yeah, well, yeah. In this case, his memory has been fucked with in the same way that Jason Bourne's memory was fucked with. But they also implanted a fear of leaving the small town he lives in that manifests as panic attacks uh, to in order to keep him in yeah. one spot so that they don't have to kill him. And they, of course, is a shadowy government organization similar to the one that did the same thing to a Matt Damon this one time, and then also some other guy. I forget who played yeah, the other guy. Yes, a shadowy Jeremy Renner government organization, the CIA. Yeah, and this it's the CIA, but it feels like it's multiple departments or something because there's a lot of people who seem to have very little communication with each other. Well, I mean, it's CIA, and then honestly, that's one of the big things in this. Where I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Where they're like, ah, oh, yeah. We spent 
millions of dollars to make this dude be a super murderer. And then we didn't test it out at all? Well, they made him a super murderer, and it worked just fine. It killed, like, 50 other people, but he came through it not insane and a perfectly functional badass. Uh, and then, what it seems like the next thing that happened was... Uh, there was a shakeup departmentally as to who was in charge, and the new person who got put in charge was like, "Ah, we don't. I don't want to do that project because it's someone else's. No. I want to do my project." The person in charge of it shut it down. Oh, she did. Okay, yeah, that was part of the thing. Is she was like, "Oh, it was fucking your shit up," so well, I decided to shut it down. I guess that makes sense, given that she killed like forty nine people to get that guy. Yeah, like it's not a very good ratio of American citizens to trained American citizen erasers. Yeah. So, but. uh the whole deal with that is like, oh, I try. We tried to make it be mostly drug offenders. It was like the three strikes drug offenders got told they could go into a program to be in a super trained badass, and most of them died. Yeah. Now we don't find any of this out for quite some time because the the movie really wants to kind of unwind and to, and, and let us spend some time hanging out with Jesse Eisenberg's character. Uh, Sam Hall or something, I forget. Mike, Mike Hall. Uh, who is, because what they've done to him is basically remove all of his dangerous traits and also his willingness to leave the town he's in. So he's like this this tiny, nebbish little man who is only interested in weed and drawing cartoons about uh, astronaut apes. Yeah, and his girlfriend, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, he still loves his girlfriend, Kristen Stewart, who definitely is not a CIA handler <laughs> who fell in love with him and abandoned the CIA to spend more time with this guy. Definitely not. That isn't what happened. Yeah. No and, spoilers. And we, I mean, the beginning is basically him being like, all right, let's get a little voiceover. Well, yeah, because it opens on him being interviewed by, like, CIA handlers or something, and he's all beat to shit. And they're going to do a full, they're going to be like, bet you wonder how I ended up all beat to shit like this and chained up Record in an office. scratch. <laughs> well, then we're going to show you the whole movie in hyperspeed backwards motion. Yeah, the uh, the whole deal being that his girlfriend, Phoebe, uh, he wants to propose to her and he's like, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to finally take her on a vacation to Hawaii because we've never really left the town and he feels super guilty. So they're like, all right. Here we go. We're going to Hawaii. And then he has horrible panic attacks and can't do it. Mm -hmm. and, and on the drive back, she is suspiciously very okay with him having canceled the flight. Well, she's angry, which is... Well, she's just like neutral. She's like, it's fine. It is fine that this happened. Everything is fine. And you think she shouldn't be angry. She should be like, oh, good. The system still works. Oh, yeah. But the <laughs> thing is, she's she is very much like, oh, I'm angry and, you know... She, when they're, he's having a panic attack in the bathroom of the airport, she's sitting there like, oh, come on. Come on, God damn it, Mike. You can do this. Yeah. And it, no, he can't. And she knows he can't. Exactly. It's a weird moment. The fact that she is a plant, you're like, okay. And I know that you are actually in love with him and whatnot. But like the second you went, oh, we should go to Hawaii, you'd think you'd be like, talk him out of it you have to talk him out of it because ultimately this this scene where the two where he throws up in an air in an airport and then they go home is the instigating incident for the entire movie so, uh, they, they see him making any attempt to travel at all at the cia and they're like oh well he's tried to travel we need to kill him now yeah oh well our weird murder asset has tried to go outside of our zone of control so we have to get rid of him. She knew that. She knew that when she was back when she was his handler. So why is she suddenly like, yeah, we should go to Hawaii, I guess. I Instead of being like, no, fuck no. I like town. Yeah. 
I'm fine here, yeah. where we are, and you get to live. Yeah, and me by extension. But, uh, nope. In fact, when they come back into town, we get the little, like, satellite footage pullback where it's like, oh, subject, Mike, Howell, mm-hmm. and uh, we find out our main, I don't want to say good guy CIA person, but our main on-the-side-of-Mike CIA person, Victoria. Yeah. Victoria, who created him. Uh, she is. She sees footage of it and then gets a phone call from a mysterious, shadowy Bill Pullman who says, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, oh, spoiler a, a mysterious, alert. shadowy Bill Pullman calls and is like, ah, the asset will now be targeted. He is being put down. Do not attempt to interfere. The, 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 uh, the target is being put down, I repeat. And it's like, why would you bother? Later in the movie, in a climactic scene towards the end, he'll be like, I told you that just so that you could be let down gently. And she's like, what? She doesn't say it, but I'm like, why would you call and make a weird, mysterious voicemail about how, oh, yeah. how her the thing that she's interested in is going to get killed no matter what? You'd think, if nothing else, considering Pullman is playing, if not the head, then at least one of the very high ups in the CIA. Yeah. And is like, oh, and I had to do that just so, you know, you'd be let down easy. And I'm like, you know, you'd think you'd just make the call as yourself and be like, hey, we're going to terminate this program. And don't do anything about it because I'm watching you. You know what would be even better? A phone call about half an hour after he was dirt. Mm. Like, as soon as Jesse Eisenberg was in the ground to call and be like, hey, sorry to break it to you. I'm your secret asset or whatever. Uh, Your guy died. And maybe he's all full of bullets now. And maybe it was natural causes or a car accident. You'll never know. And you don't need to. (laughs) Yeah. It's real weird that that's who the informant is as far as Pullman goes. Because he was like, yeah, I was on board with the whole thing, and I wanted it to happen. You're like, then why What? Why did you activate the one person in the world who would go herring off to West Virginia to try to save this guy? The only person that would give a shit, the, the only worst thing you could do would be to actually call up Phoebe, his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird moment. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense structurally. When, you, when there's finally the big reveal and Bill Pullman shows up at the end to kind of put a stop to the whole fight that's been killing everybody in town, and, and he's like... She's like, look, I'm really sorry. Please don't kill me. And he's like, I was your source. What? What? I was your source. I'm the one who called you with a weird voice distorter and said, the asset's being put down. I called you so that you wouldn't go mess with it. And I wanted to be like, if you hadn't called me, I wouldn't know to go mess with it. Yeah. This is very much your fault. Yeah, especially because the main uh, like problem with the CIA, the big drama there, is that Victoria has basically been demoted Mm -hmm. and Topher Grace uh playing Adrian yeah is he might as well be playing Topher Grace I don't remember anyone ever saying his name uh they say Yates a lot his last last name's Yates yeah Topher Uh, Grace in this as very much a a classic born identity villain he's all arrogant and grumpy and he's like I want uh, that asset put down and my assets are better assets than that asset oh yeah and also the fact that he doesn't just immediately like stop fucking around yeah he's like oh i'm gonna send two guys to go kill this dude oh he kills them all right well now i'll send two more dudes and you're like what is your deal my man (laughs) his deal is that he's such an like unsympathetic villain that there's points where he for no reason is like you two military guys go see if he's in that house okay sir all right blow the house up it'll get those two military guys we just i said blow them up you're like, why Why did you send them then? Why, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I haven't seen this much random villain incompetence since Madame Hydra in the Nick Fury movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's definitely a thing where every time Topher Grace's character does anything, you're like, man, your whole deal is just that you love being a an asshole and bad at your job. Yeah, he's entirely written so that I assume Landis, who was the screenwriter, could do a bunch of jokes about a guy who talks like a modern day office man and yet is in charge of a bunch of wet work shit. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, oh, I'm just trying to synergize. I was being an actualizing self-starter. <laughs> that kind of shit is the, is the, the thing, the way he talks. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so when Victoria finds out that they're going to go kill him, uh, Mike, she goes over to the little, like, quickie mart yeah, he works Eleven thing convenience store that he works at and is like, ah, the Mandelbrot set is in motion. The ball is in the field. And he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, the, the thing with him is that he is, his programming almost seems like it. The, the deprogramming worked too well. So even when she tries to reactivate him with his old code phrases, he's just like, yeah, are you going to buy this soup or what's going on? Yeah, that's great and all, but uh, you keep saying weird shit. Could you please stop talking to me in such a weird fashion? It's making me uncomfortable. I'm a stoner piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, but we also missed the scene where the local cops pull him over just to just to badger him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a real... They, they make fun of him constantly because he's just the local town pothead. And the other thing that happens before any of this shit starts to break down is knowing that he isn't going to be able to take his girlfriend on vacation for the grand proposal gesture, uh, he instead recruits the local drug dealer friend of his, Rose, as played by John Leguizamo, to sell him a big pile of fireworks. Yes. Uh, and Rose is a great character, by the way. Rose is a lot of fun. Uh, well, John Leguizamo is great. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. John Leguizamo is great. So we get really good line delivery from him and so on, where he, he comes out, he's like selling him the fireworks and talking about how they're crazy, powerful fireworks. And then he's like, hey, man, do you want to drop acid and go to the titty bar? And Eisenberg's like, no, man, it's 845 in the morning. <laughs> oh, I guess it's true. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, I suppose the other thing is the big heavy handed metaphor that will be brought up later, which is, uh, Mike and Phoebe are sitting on a car looking at the stars and off in the distance is a car that is smashed into a tree. Yeah. And Mike has to have an entire thing where he's like, oh, that car, it was always going and it was moving and, you know, for decades, maybe it was driving around and it was built on the other side of the world and flown all the way or boated all the way here and then someone bought it and drove it for like 12 years and then that tree was alive the whole time and never went anywhere didn't do anything it was always stopping and the car was always going until the tree decided you know what you're stopping too Am I that tree? <laughs> you're the car and I'm the tree yeah he breaks down because he thinks that he's been he's holding her back um, which of course she's like, no, uh, clearly if anyone's holding you back, it's not me, but the people who made it. So you, you can't know, leave it's the town. horrible programming in you, but I yeah, can't say that. But uh, obviously she feels some, some guilt for that. Cause she's like, no, I'm the tree. No, we're, we're both trees. <laughs> we're two trees. <laughs> oh, well, then that's fine. I guess. <laughs> Just fuck all these cars. Am I right? Uh, cars. Uh, I'm going to crush them. Yeah. Then, then we get to the scene where where uh, Veronica shows Victoria shows up to to uh, activate him in his in his building. He sees two guys outside messing with his car. He's now, like, "Hey guys, quit doing whatever you're doing in my car, okay?" Yeah, and of course these are CIA wet work guys who were sent to bomb to uh, set up his car to blow up. And when they see him, they just come walking over and pull knives, which is like... Well, like, one has a knife and one has a gun, and I don't know why they don't just like shoot straight him shoot him from there. From di the distance that they're at, yeah. Yeah, but they don't, and he instead then, 
you know, goes super badass and, like, stabs one in the throat with a spoon and takes the other guy's gun shoots him in the face. Yeah. He murders them both instantly, and then he's like, wait, hold on, what just happened? Because he, even in fight scenes, the conceit with this character is he does not know why he knows how to do all this stuff or anything. Oh, yeah. So even in, in the fight, he's like, whoa, what is, wait, hold on, no, please don't do that. Wait, no, uh, I, oh, I've killed you. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, there's... There's plenty of times, like, during the thing where, like, he's walking around, he's like, hey, do you know what an, an Abrams is? Because I do. I know, like, 52 different tanks now. Why do I know that? Yeah, he is, his programming is very deep and weird, but he kills these two guys and calls his girlfriend. He's like, I just killed two people in a parking lot. <laughs> and so when she runs out there, she's like, what the fuck? Did you, why did you do this? And he's like, I don't know. They came at me with guns and I killed them with a spoon. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's weird to me. That she's like, oh, you should call the police. And he's like, no, I'm the murderer. I'm like, well, no, technically two guys armed with knives and guns came at you. You should really be like, hey, these dudes tried to murder me. Yeah, what's weird to me is that she suggests the police at all. Like, she has to know what this means. It's not that her, her, her nerd boyfriend accidentally iced two guys with weapons. It's that he activated. Oh, she, yeah. she has to know, and she's still like... Why don't you just get yourself locked in local law enforcement until more wet work guys show up to murk you? Yeah, it's it's definitely a thing where when you know, once it's revealed, like, oh, she's his handler, you're like, man, she's doing a real bad job of handling him. She keeps giving him a lot of real bad advice for a handler. <laughs> I think you should just lay in the ground and close your eyes until two people show up and kill you. I don't want to do that. Okay, well, then go out into the middle of town and announce you have superpowers. Yeah, it's a it's a very weird thing, but the cops do show up and they take him in, and we also find out that like, oh, he's been brought in on drug charges a ton of times in this town, but yeah. he always gets out within like six hours because his you know his lawyer is the CIA, who then goes, no, you have to get rid of him. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, also his girlfriend has tons of money in, in leftover CIA funds that she uses to bail him out over and over again. And well, she works for a bail fund organization at yeah. the moment. Yeah, so this time he's in there being interviewed by the police, like they're accusing him of all this stuff because he's got all these drug charges, but even the police are like, this doesn't make sense for you. Like, how, what, how would this even happen? You're he's, not the type of person that would do this. Yeah, he's even crying to himself in a jail cell, like, I killed that guy by ruining his lungs. His lungs exploded. Like, you stabbed him in the neck. You, his lungs aren't in the neck. He's like, yeah, but but the lungs did explode when I stabbed him in the neck. I kind of wonder if in every other situation, it seems like he is 100% right about all of his superpowers. He just doesn't know why. So I'm wondering if it isn't that, yeah, I stabbed him in, in like the trachea and messed up his breathing and his lungs ruptured. Yeah. And well, I mean, at that point, he also apparently gets full recall because he's like, I can remember everything that happened to me over the past 94 minutes. And why do I even know it's been 94 minutes? What is happening? And then the cop shows up and is like, what is happening indeed? Indeed. Just one more thing. <laughs> uh, you know, my wife, she sometimes likes spoons. <laughs> would you back my belief that there should be a Columbo remake and it should star Natasha Leon as Columbo? <laughs> I would back that a thousand percent. Right? Wouldn't that be really fun? Did you want to see Natasha Leon be like, one more thing? You know, my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing else changes. Nothing changes. She still talks with that old Peter Falk accent about her about her wife. Nothing. It's just it's just Natasha Leon now. Yeah. On board. Yeah. Ten thousand percent. Oh, it's the best idea. I don't know why it hasn't already happened. <laughs> Come Maybe on. they're letting her season. <laughs> letting her stew in it. <laughs> they're just Once she's marinated enough, she'll be the perfect Columbo. Oh, yeah. Just tear apart with a fork Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> 
melt in your mouth Columbo. <laughs> that's good Columbo. Mm, that's some nice Columbo you got there. <laughs> I was just reading a story about him like yesterday about how um in the 70s, when Columbo was on the air, yeah. uh, there, the show didn't have as long of a season as other network shows at the time. And sorry for the digression. It's just that this episode, this show is pretty by the numbers. Um, so there were only 10 episodes of Columbo a season, and it was super popular in other countries, like crazy popular, specifically Romania, where he was bigger than Elvis for a while. Huh. And Romania had a kind of semi-fascist government around that time and probably still does. I don't know. Um and when it turned out that there was only 10 episodes in a season, co- uh, Romanians rioted what? and were like, you're hiding episodes from us because the government had been known to be like, you've seen enough Night Court or whatever, you know, not Night Court because that's from the 80s. But you know what I mean. Yeah. They, they, or they were like, oh, these are the ones that are approved because the other have seditious ideas. Exactly. But they'd shown every single episode. It was just a short season. But because of the general disbelief in the government and all the propaganda shit that was going on, they were riding in the streets like, you've hidden Columbo from us. We want all the Columbo. You have taken Columbo from us and we shall have him. So the Romanian government contacted Peter Falk, met with him in a hotel room, and had him on video in phonetic read aloud Romanian announced that, yes, you've seen every episode of season seven, and I promise we're coming back real soon with season eight. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, stop killing each other. Uh, excellent. <laughs> That's a real story. That's fucked up. That's great. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Anyway, back to it. Uh, the, Tober, Tober Grace authorizes two of his own guys. Like uh, to, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character is a wise guy. A wise man. A wise man. That's and it, these that's are the, and Topher has tough guys. Tough guys, and and so he's like activate two of the tough guys. Send Crane and Laffer. Crane doesn't matter, but Laffer's Walton Goggins, so he's going to be in the rest of the movie too. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> he's going to survive this. Don't worry. <laughs> and you know Laffer's thing is that he laughs. He can't stop laughing. He's he's One just of these the days Joker. He's going to die laughing. Oh, he's. He's proto-Joker, because he's just like, oh, I have nervous laughter that I can't stop. Yeah, well, he's a a mix of Batman villains, because he also was an arsonist. Eh. (laughs) So there's a little... I mean, just the one time. No, that's why he got picked up for the Tough Guy program. The whole thing with the Tough Guy program is it's exactly the same as the Wise Man program, except that instead of using Three Strikes drug offenders, who theoretically aren't even all that harmful, they just take whoever they can get that's Three Strikes that's like a criminal. Well, it was... The whole deal was it was all psych patients. Yes, and he was a habitual criminal arsonist. They actually make the note of it that that he just that's why they do the scene in the in the thing where he sets their car on fire instead of bringing them in like he's supposed to because he can't help himself. He's an arsonist no matter how much he's been controlled. Oh yeah. And that's that's the interesting thing at least about Goggins' character is you're like, "Oh, because you went with, you know, uh, these crazy insane patients, mm-hmm. then they're training isn't as good as this drug guy yeah whose training is perfect and he's just gonna murder every one of these dudes one by one yeah so the- <laughs> laffer and crane are sent in uh crane looked like someone famous was playing her but i could not put it on i had a, I had a finger on it i don't know i could try and look it up it doesn't it's not super important but the two of them raid the police station because they figure it's gonna be the easiest place to kill uh, well yeah he's in a jail cell you yeah. think you just go in there yeah, but when they break in, the cops get up to run away, and Eisenberg's like, oh, fuck, fuck, shit, fuck. Uh, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then when Laffer shows up to kill him, he Laffer gets his teeth beaten out with the butt of a, with a pistol and locked up in the jail cell himself. Huh. So uh, Crane was Monique Ganderton, who is 
almost entirely just stunt coordinator for a bunch of like comic book movies and things uh, like that. That's fair. Okay. There was, was a part... stunt double for Cara Delevingne in Suicide Squad. Huh. Yeah, from I think it might have just been the haircut that was making me think she kind of looked like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't know. So she there was, was a stunt second... double for Char- Charlize Theron in Fate of the Furious. That's fantastic. Yeah, for a split second, I was like, shit, is that Mary Elizabeth Winstead? She wasn't famous yet, maybe. I don't know. I don't know when this was made or what's happening right now. I don't know anything about nothing. (laughs) I feel like I've been born identity. I always love watching Kristen Stewart in anything that isn't Twilight. She's actually (laughs) very good. She's allowed to act. She's she's actually very good and fun to watch. Uh, But yes, uh, Laffer gets locked in the jail cell. Meanwhile, Crane is wandering around killing cops with a machine gun. And then... They are getting away from her out the uh, the police station. She's like, "Hey, wait!" And yeah, he just Mike tur- just turns around. I was like, "What? Yeah, what?" <laughs> no, that's a, that's a whole running gag in the movie. Is that whenever he reverts from ultra badass mode, he immediately does the stupidest thing possible. He does the same thing with Laffer, who he locks up in a jail cell and then snaps back to his stoner self and goes, "Oh shoot, I locked a gun in there with him." And Laffer's like, "Oh, thank you," and then yeah. picks up the gun and starts shooting at them. Yeah. And the, yeah, the same thing. She goes, hey, wait. And he's like, yes, how can I help you? And she hucks a grenade at him. Which he, you know, catches and hucks back. Yeah. And he's smart about it. He doesn't throw it to her. He throws it up and over her so that she'll get stunned by the blast. And then he walks up and hits her to death with a, cha- with a chair or something. Yeah, hits her. Well, she had been handcuffed to a chair by the, the, cop. Like, the officer who had brought them in. Yeah. But then he, like, puts her onto the chair and then snaps her neck backward on it. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, but right after that, as they're driving away, uh, Phoebe's like, what the hell? What? I, I Don't get you say, sort of, hey, there's a gun there. I appreciate that you're some sort of weird badass now, but would you quit telling people and uh, where there's guns and stopping when they ask you to? Uh, and they have the idea, oh, you know, the person that I know who lives in a weird protected compound with lots of guns and things? The drug dealer I know, Rose. Let's go to John Leguizamo's house. I would love to go to John Leguizamo's house. So would I. That would be amazing. I don't want to watch his stand-up. I love him as an actor. I do not care for his one-man shows. God bless him. Yeah, I love everything about his stand-up, or or, sorry, about his acting. His one-man shows are, he's like the person people make fun of when they make fun of one-man shows. They're always like, God, growing up around New York, I met a lot of interesting characters. (laughs) He's that guy. Uh, shame. Uh, so yeah, they head out over there, and of course, uh, Mike is having a whole thing. He's like, "Oh man, what if I'm a robot? Oh man, I could be a robot." No, you're not a robot, but what if I am, though? Yeah, yeah. He's having stoner thoughts. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. You're just a weird stoner guy, and <laughs> your mind has been absolutely blown. Honestly, what she should have done there, instead of just arguing with him, is just done the the proper thing to do when stoners get launched onto an idea and expand it to a weirder one. Just to get him off it, be like, what if we're all robots? <laughs> what if we're all brains in jars? And he'd be like, Whoa. what if you're the only human and everyone else is a robot? Yeah, exactly. You just escalate and you move them off the the, the, the moment. And they're like, oh, everything's even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you don't usually do it to stoners because stoners generally don't get into that kind of conceptual mindfuckery. <laughs> they pretend to. And TV shows are certainly about it. Oh, they love it. Yeah. But most people, my experience with hanging out with high people is almost always they're just hanging out, watching whatever, and kind of thinking it's funny. I mean, 
I've definitely you hung out with plenty of stoners that are like... The deep thought stoners? Have you ever thought okay, that maybe fair. if we all had our own government personally, and you're like, okay. <laughs> I guess it just hits me different than other people. Because when, when I'm high, I'm usually just like, nice. Oh, I get real quiet and just <laughs> real sink into myself. Yeah. And so whenever anybody is talking to me about some dumb stoner shit, I'm just like, hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'll just nod and be like, yeah. And then I'll be like, in internally, I'm like, I wish this motherfucker would shut up about this dumb garbage, <laughs> but I can't tell him that. Meanwhile, in your head, you're like, shit, what if we did all of have, have our own personal government personally? Oh, Shoot, it's, that's a good point. The weird thing is, mentally, I am exactly the same, which means I'm reacting to it the way I normally would, which is, God, this is some dumb bullshit. Yeah, dumb bullshit. I just <laughs> can't say it. <laughs> in your head, you're just like, bees should wear little hats. <laughs> What if a bee had a little? That'd be neat. But that's exactly what you'd normally think about. Which is that has nothing to do with the standard weed. Standard thoughts for me. <laughs> no, when I get high, I'm like, what if I were to invest in a 401k? <laughs> I'm high enough now to know what a Roth IRA is. <laughs> uh, please tell me about Bitcoin and blockchain. I can finally do amortization calculations. I've become so high I can smell Ann Coulter. <laughs> Should I never smoke drugs again? Oh, no. Of any kind. I will never smoke a drug. No smoking drugs for this man. Only injection from now on. I shall only freebase cigarettes. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, they head over to Rose's, and we find out that the lie that the CIA is telling everyone is that uh, Victoria and Mike are dangerous animal activists and Victoria was having inappropriate touches to the animals, and now they have a weird monkey typhoid, and that's why the town shut down. Yeah, and that's also their cover for why the CIA is in town in a bunch of those, like, hazmat buildings from Contagion or whatever, Outbreak. Well, yeah, because, you know, Topher Grace knows that Victoria is in there, and he's like, Shut down every way in and out of town, because I'm going to take her out. Yeah, because as soon as Mike's activated, he's like, well, the only person who knows that activator is Victoria, that person I don't like, some sort of political or, like, rival of mine. Yeah, someone Because they have who... multiple scenes of yelling at each other. Oh, it's basically, I assume, they were both up for the same promotion. He got it, even though he's a little weasel man. Yeah. And she's just angry. Yeah, she's angry about it. And his responses are always to be patronizing until he's mad, and then switch to just being straight-up abusive. Yep. So he's just like, oh, how, how cute. Let's have a seat. You can have a water. And she's like, fuck you, you little toad. And he's like, up yours, bitch! <laughs> so that's how that that's their dynamic. Yeah. But he's decided, ah, you know what? Let's just murder someone else in the CIA. That's fine. There's yeah. no repercussions for any of this. <laughs> yeah. No, Topher's whole deal is pretty much the... He goes straight from, I'm a regular dude running meetings, and I'm kind of in charge of things, and I might be a bit of a weasel, to, I am a crazy person, very fast. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I know. I'm going to drone strike this town. And you're like, my dude, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand how fucked you are going to be when this ends. I feel like you'd have a better time just taking the 36 or so tough guy agents you have and just sending all of them instead of sending two of time, one of which is always Walton Goggins. <laughs> Quit betting on Walton Goggins. Always bet on Goggins. He keeps coming back without a dead guy. <laughs> but he does keep coming back, and that's the important thing. Okay, fine. He's loyal, but he's worthless. He's got the same problem Phoebe does with her boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, so Rose, of course, is like, oh, no, I just saw you on the TV. You got the monkey disease. Yeah. 
is it true you've been fucking monkeys? And then there's a whole big kerfuffle about who was on, because uh, uh, one of Rose's two bodyguard type guys that's hanging out with him turns out to know Mike already because they're on in the same fantasy football league. Yes. And that's a nice, fun little bit of business. Where yeah. the two of them are just like, oh, hey, it's you. Hey, hey. fantasy football. Hey. hey, man, you were in the lead for a while until your two best guys got injuries. Yeah. And uh, that Rose gets butthurt because he's like, oh, I wanted to be. Oh, wanted... no one invites me to a fantasy football league? Now I am disappointed. And then the third guy's like, oh, I wasn't told either. No one tells you shit. Oh, and then, yeah. And then they get locked in his weird porn basement. His porn workout his basement. black light, weird multicolored workout basement yeah he's got a it's got weight r- equipment it's like a weight and exercise room but all the art on the walls is is big titty na- big titty ladies with their titties out oh yeah and there's loud like uh, i think it's like europe or kansas music playing and <laughs> well uh, the thing is as soon as they went down there and the black light was on and you could hear the music playing i was like are they in a a fucking cosmic bowling area <laughs> what's going on here they're in a secret kid rave what is this What's happening right now? <laughs> but then you do eventually see, oh, there's like a weight bench over there and everything. Okay, I get it. Yeah, no, it's like that guy's workout in Sex Dungeon. <laughs> it's fine. Rose Rose lives an interesting and complicated life for another 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, sorry, spoilers. Which, you know, I will say this. Unfortunate that the uh, only non-white people in this are the three drug dealers that are stupid and get killed immediately. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not so much stupid as they are just suspicious. I feel like Rose well, is... Well, conspiracy theory. Yeah, there you go. Rose. That's fair. That's fair. Rose has a conspiracy problem. But, it's I mean, he's just believing what he sees on TV. Well, There's no. monkey typhoid. <laughs> he's like, well, of course, that could be just a story, because the government... And you're like, okay. Uh, yeah, fair. Fair. But uh, they just are like, okay... Topher Grace is like, yeah, we know where they are. They're at this weird drug dealer's house. Hey, uh, La- Laffer, try again, buddy. We're going to take you another random two guy. more guys this time. <laughs> uh, maybe the problem was I only sent two instead of three. One of them's going to pump poison gas into the building, and then I- I'll send the uh, one of them will wait around outside in case he flees out, and then we'll send Laffer in in a gas mask. Yeah, and this uh, we get, Mike gets to kill a motherfucker with a uh, wait. wait. Yeah, and uh, at this point, Kristen Stewart's Phoebe. Phoebe is trying to escape. Like, she's just kicked. Like, the room they're locked in isn't an actual prison. So she just kicks one of the ceiling panels out and is like, yeah, I'm going to go try and find another way out of the building. Yeah, I'll just, I don't know, crawl through this tile over yeah. the door and then come down. And then while she's doing that, gas starts to flood the room. Although I do, I got to mention, when Rose puts them in the room, Mike's just like, hey, you know, this is a... Uh... This is not a very strong lock. I could probably break this. And she's like, please don't. Yeah, Rose is just like, please don't do that. Okay. All right. Uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's nice. I like that. That happens a lot in this where uh, it, it, the one fun thing about this is that unlike Born Identity, where the moment Matt Damon is activated, he just goes into full on. Oh, I, yeah. I am now a secret agent. I have no fun at all. No, mode. he's full competence, all murder all the time. Yeah. This is much more like... Uh, Eisenberg's character has ultra badass competence, but not over his mouth. And so he's constantly like apologizing and doing st- and saying stuff oh, yeah. he doesn't know why he's saying. It's yeah. basically like he has muscle memory, yeah. but he doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. Also, I don't want to set aside there is a, a character in the movie that we haven't even mentioned yet who's come up a couple of times. Uh, Tony Hale's character. Oh, that's right. Tony yeah. Hale is in here as Pete. And he is another CIA agent who essentially was, like, used to be under Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because 
uh, of Yates, the shakeups. Yeah. yeah, because Yates is now above. He's like, oh, you know, now we're basically the same level or whatever. Yeah. And she called on him to be like, hey, I need, you know, actual weapons and stuff because I'm just out in the middle of this fucking town with nothing. Yeah. And he's going to try and kill me. Yeah. So he arranges for a drone based weapon drop for for Victoria, uh, which is immediately noticed by by uh, Yates, who, who calls him and is like, hey, buddy, if you do any more treason, we'll take you out and behind the building and shoot you in the fucking head. What the fuck are you doing? And he's just as always there for the rest of the movie, hanging out at the CIA office, uh, not really wanting to help Victoria, but helping her anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wants to, but he's also like, I am afraid of being murdered. Yes. Because. In the, in this reality, I guess if you're even a low-level management guy in the CIA, you just get to murder other agents for no reason, and there's no repercussion. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- they actually address that at the end of the film when when Topher Grace's big line before he before he uh, suffers his uh, ultimate fate is like, "Hey, if this would have worked, you would have been thanking me." You know, he's just like, "I'm a self-starter. I just tried to do the thing. It just because I failed doesn't mean it wasn't a good thing to try." And yeah, so he the whole deal with him is that yeah he thinks he could just do whatever as long as it works later. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he, now Laffer and 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 uh, Mike are fighting in the basement. Laffer gets dispatched almost immediately, but not killed because boy, he has at least two or three more scenes. Oh yeah, he's gonna be around for a while. But there's another guy down there, and he gets beat to death with a weight. And the person outside, who was the one just pumping this toxin ryofloxin gas yeah and that's the scene where we get the big reveal on phoebe because she runs up and is like stabs him with a like needle full of i guess anti-ryofloxin is like that ryofloxin gas will mess you up you gotta stay awake because if you fall asleep you die you're dead yeah he doesn't fall asleep and but eventually he kind of shakes himself out of the poisoning and is like hey Oh, by the way, the reason that she didn't get poisoned when she fell back into the room uh, is that she just grabbed a gas mask and put it on immediately. Uh, but he's just like, hey, how come you know about that toxic gas? What's the deal with that? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Are you even my girlfriend? What's even going on Am here? I a robot? Now you got to tell me if I'm a robot. <laughs> Legally, you Legal- have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Constitution. Look it up. It's in the shadow constitution it's in the 12th amendment i don't think you know what that is and neither do i <laughs> uh yeah so he goes to run off and that's uh that's when they get goggins yeah well they're fighting in the car because he's like wait you're my cia handler do you even love me and she's like yeah duh i i left the cia because and he's like no i can't process he, does, he has he's a like, breakdown i can't trust you i can't process this i can't trust you that kind of crap this is bullshit get out of my car this is my car well then get out of the car yeah yeah it's it's definitely that scene that every one of these movies needs where like he's like you know in in less than 10 minutes he'll have fully turned around and be like i miss my girlfriend but for the moment he's like i'm so mad i can't even deal and uh yeah, they get pushed over this little bridge that they are next to by mm-hmm. Goggins, and then he is like, well, I gotta take Phoebe in, they want her alive, Yeah, but uh, I gotta kill you, but I'm gonna do it through arson, because that's my fun times. I'm an arsonman. I, I enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. and plus that gives me more time to mug for the screen, Walton well, Goggins. Walton Goggins is loving mugging for the screen in this movie because one of the first things that happens to him is that all of his top teeth get knocked like out in like a circle. 
So he spends all the movie with his t- mouth open and whistling through this giant hole in his, and being like, you did this to my teeth. Oh, yeah. Teeth's is... Goggins must have just been like, ah, oh, sweet. Oh, cool. I get a prosthetic. <laughs> I get cool dumb shit to it's do. It's way better than that zombie worm prosthetic crap you put on me in the movie about maze running. <laughs> which was not about maze running. One of these days, we'll watch the first one of those movies, and I'll know what the fuck. You know, fuck. the one that actually is about maze yeah. running. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but obviously this isn't going to kill Mike, who just gets out and... Well, Victoria yeah, shows teams up, up to with save Victoria. him. Yeah. And, uh, but they think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And Mike, of course, is also like, oh, I can't trust you either, because, you know, you're the one who did this to me. Oh, fuck. I get, I'm going to go to my house and get stoned, and if anyone kills me, I'll be smiling in my bed. Oh, yeah. I do like these, like, fuck it, man. If someone's going to murder me, I'm going to do it. Like, quietly, in my bed, being high and not worrying about it, because at this point, I, like, he thinks that his girlfriend has betrayed him and is not actually in love with him. He's The other thing is, at this point, he has had no chance to go on the offensive about this situation. He had no idea where people are operating from. He doesn't know why all these dudes keep showing up to murder him. Oh, yeah. So, for him, he's just like, hey, it doesn't really matter where I am. Like, I can go to my house and burn one. If guys show up and attack me, either they'll kill me, or more likely, I will go hyper-assassin and murder them again. <laughs> and I could just do that all day, apparently. That's just sort of a thing I can do. Yeah. And indeed, he does. Because yeah. this is when uh, Yates sends a couple army guys to be like, Alright, well, I've already used several of my tough guy assets, so now I'm gonna send army guys and... As soon as they've established that, yes, he is in the house, instead of going, great, come on back, we're going to drone strike the house, he's like, okay, go in there and take care of him. And then hangs up and is like, now bomb that fucking house. And they're like, sir, you just ordered two army guys to go into the house. I gave you an order, blah, blah, blah. I'm so fucking crazy. That's completely, you could have just as easily been like, great, leave the house now. Yeah. Don't be over there. I'm drone striking it. But no. We get to, of course, have another little scene where uh, Victoria gets to take out one of the army guys. With Using a, a teddy bear as a silencer. Yeah, with a shotgun silenced teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a ricochet bullet off of a frying pan kill for the other guy. Yeah, he throw, yeah Eisenberg throws a pan into the air, shoots it, and then the ricochet gets the, the, the main army guy who dies. And then Eisenberg gets one of the fun lines in the movie where he's like, ah, yes, the old... Throw a fi- frying pan and bounce a bullet off it, Gambit. Yes, because he's just like, he couldn't believe he just did he's that. Like, I don't know why I did that I don't or know why what, I could know to do that. Yeah. At this point, he gets a phone call from Topher Grace directly, who's like, hi, I'm Topher Grace from that 70s show and Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I've made a lot me. of bad choices. <laughs> I've made a series of bad choices that brought me here, and I'd like to uh, <laughs> I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> And <laughs> we're about to enter the period in movies where I'm not going to get any work because I look just enough like Justin Timberlake that they're just going to cast Justin Timberlake. The The great thing here is when he calls in, he's like, yes, I'm the one who's been after you and I've got your girlfriend hostage and so on. And he's like, oh, are you calling to surrender? And I'm like, you know, that's not the worst thing he said, because at this point, he's like, I've murdered literally anyone you've sent after me. Are you done? I've killed eight of your best men and I'm fine. Uh, and my house is fine. And so, oh, by the way, the reason that the house doesn't get bombed, we didn't even mention that. Oh, uh, yes, because it's all up to Pete to be the lo- one who gives the go code for some reason. Yes. And he's like, I can't do it. I'll just get murdered here at the CIA building instead. And 
so that the the, the uh, he drone just strike, hucks the yeah. laptop that has the drone strike protocols in it, and it shuts everything down. Yeah, he the drone strike is called off, and he doesn't show up again until he's well. At this point, he calls Kruger, who is like a CIA person of some import, uh, and also is the Bill Pullman character we mentioned earlier. Yeah, and he to to kind of tattle on Yates. Yeah, he's just like, hey. You've you've probably seen some of what's going down, but you got to know this dude almost had me drone strike a town in America. Honestly, that was one of my favorite parts as well, just because it was him, Tony Hale calling Kruger and using one of those CIA voice scramblers. But he still sounds like Tony Hale anyway, because he's just like Kruger. Um, do you like do you have, do you have like a minute? <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, and and upon the conversation, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you're. Where do you surrender to me? How does that work? Do you have to like sign something? He's like, yes, come down to the Max Mart or Max Goods. Yeah. Oh, is that the one across from the tire store? Jesus Christ! How many Max Goods do you think are in this tiny ass town? Yes. Yeah, and then he lets him hear his girlfriend's voice. He's still miffed about his girlfriend. So when he's like, "Would you like to see your girlfriend fucking alive ever again, or whatever?" Well, you like want her menacing. to die? And he's like, "No, that wouldn't be cool." Well, yeah. He's like, Do you care if your girlfriend lives or dies? I don't know. I'm kind of mad at her. So if I shoot her in the face, that's cool. No, man, that wouldn't be cool. Yeah, and that's enough. It sounds like he's being a big dope who's just like, "Okay, I'll meet you there for your surrender." But he's not. He's planning to ambush them with his big fire to make. He's going to shoot fireworks at all the all the army guys. Oh, yeah, because he got a bunch of fireworks from Rose earlier because he was going to use it as a big display for his proposal. Yeah. And now he has just strapped them to the army guys like Jeep and is driving in shooting fireworks at everything. And at this point, for some reason, everyone has been called out of the town except for Kruger Kruger who has heard about this from Tony Hale has ordered that the project be shut down immediately he himself has not shown up in person yet he will soon but he immediately put a hold on this entire operation bypassing Yates entirely because Yates has no idea what the fuck is going on oh yeah everybody starts leaving he's like what the fuck is happening yeah but his the only assets he has full control over is the tough guys yeah so he has all the tough guys come out of the building and f- start filtering one by one into into the max goods and uh that's where we get our big wise guy versus the tough guys thing where he systematically murders the shit out of every single one of them using various things that you can find in like a walmart yeah he's like kills one of them by throwing peanut butter at him and then putting glass into his face yeah, he's, the, he uses, like, a dustpan, yeah. he's got... The hose off a vacuum cleaner to kill a guy. It's just anything you can find in the building. One At one point, he just gets a hammer and oh, just yeah, kills just, three guys with a hammer. He's got, like, a big, uh, almost sledgehammer that he kills someone with. And when he gets into the fight with Goggins, of course, it's screwdriver versus regular-ass hammer. Yeah, and they do a shitload of damage to each other and then collapse on the ground with unable to reach guns. And this is the moment where Goggins is like, I think you're like me. Who's controlling you? Oh, yeah. Because even before they start fighting Goggins, it's like, hey, man, come out. I just want to talk, okay? You made me real mad, but I just want to talk now. And he doesn't. He wants to kill him. But he is fully mind-controlled. And at this moment, he's bro- the mind-control is temporarily broken, and Goggins is like, hey, man, I laugh her. They, they I- messed with my head, and they did a whole bunch of stuff to me. 
and they control me, but you're better than me. Who controls you? Nobody. That must be nice. And then he, the next scene, he's gone. So it's obvious that he's been let go. Yeah. Except that's kind of dumb. I'm like, that. yeah, that guy's still a murderous arsonist, dude. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's not like, oh, he was just the nicest guy ever until the CIA got him. You're like, no, he was put away. He was put away for crimes against people. <laughs> that's a... Uh, that's a real issue. I mean, I get that this guy has lines, so you're going to be sympathetic to him, as opposed to the 35 other people you just killed with tools. Oh, yeah, except, you know, the guy you put a meat cleaver through the middle of his face. Sure. Maybe if you would stop for a second and be like, hey, man, are you also mind-controlled and kind of a mean criminal who is just mind-controlled now? So I should maybe let you go, huh? Yeah, but it's no. A, it's a weird moment. The only reason Goggins gets to walk away is because he's above the line on the on the cast sheet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's a name you know, so he gets to have lines. And I kept expecting, they, they keep even talking about how obviously at this point Eisenberg is going to catch and murder uh, Topher Grace. Like, there's no, like, everyone's like, oh, you're, you know you're fucked now, right? He's he's already killed all of your guys, and he's going to come in here and kill you. And Phoebe is even like, you should, because he's dragging her along away, and she's like, just let me go. I'm the person that he is coming after. He doesn't give a shit about you. You should just let me go. And it'll be fine. And he's like, no, because I'm so evil. Yeah. And drags her off into a side building, hits her a little bit. She's laughing because she's like, you're only hitting me because you know you're fucked. And at that moment, Victoria shows up again and starts choking him to death with the cord of a vacuum. <laughs> oh, I thought it was uh, jumper cables. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. She, got, she has wires around his neck and is trying to choke him to death. And she's almost got him. He's all turned purple and shit when Bill Pullman pulls up in a car. He's like, Victoria, knock this shit off. All right, you two assholes. Come with me. Yeah. You fucked this And it's funny bad. because they both know what this is. Like, the moment they see him, they're like, oh, shit, we're fucked. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go with you then. Fuck you. You're going to take me on a drive to the woods. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're already at a point where you're like, oh, this dude's going to murder me, you may as well be like, Oh, well, fuck it. I guess I'll kill this dude then. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to kill this guy, and you can kill me in the parking lot of this fake Walmart, because that's more interesting to me than the Woods' death. This is the same thing I have with the Truth or Dare movie, where I'm like, no, fuck it. I'm not playing Truth or Dare. I want the ghost to kill me, because at least then I get to see a cool ghost. Yeah, but you don't, though. <laughs> you don't get to see the ghost. I at least get to see it do stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> if it's like, hey, shoot yourself in the face, I'll be like, no, I want to see a gun float up and shoot me in the face. You fucking do it. This is on you, ghost. Well, no, what you get to see is an improbable Rube Goldberg where a gun shoots Still you in the face. Still more interesting. <laughs> and it's the same thing here, too, where I feel like both of them are genre-savvy enough about this whole CIA business, because Lord knows this movie is all about a bunch of genre-savvy assholes. I want to, either one of them to be like, no, I'm not going on a long drive with you to the woods where you shoot us in the rain. How about, well, how about fuck you? <laughs> I mean... Both of them do have their moments where they're like, I assume that I'm going to survive and you'll kill the other person. Yeah. So, you know, I think they're at least going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can talk my way out of this. I'm like, no, nah, dude, if I ever join the CIA, I will not get in a car with anyone more than five ranks above me. <laughs> That's the rules. That's the rules. I'll call HR. Even if it's part of my carpool program. Not a hat, not a chance. Nope. That guy's going to ice me in the woods. I'll call HR. I'll be like, hey, I don't want to get in the car with this manager. Can you send, like, three more people to come with us? And then it's like, yeah, here's three more managers. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. More HR, please. I like to <laughs> I, set up I'm a the meeting. HR. I'm five ranks above uh, you. I'm actually kind of feeling sick. I think I'll go home for the day. Oh, okay. Let's take you home then. <laughs> I brought my car. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, where's my car? Oh, shame. 
thieves around here, am I right? Please get in the car. <laughs> nope, I'll die in this Walmart parking lot then. <laughs> uh, but we get the final thing where Mike and Phoebe get to walk out of the fake Walmart, and they are both beat to shit. I mean, I gotta say, the makeup artist for Jesse Eisenberg to make him as absolutely grossly fucked up oh, as yeah. possible. Oh yeah, his teeth are blood red. He's got a he got shot in the head during the fight with all the tough guys. He has a gunshot. It's it's a scrape across yeah. his head. That, it's all fucked up. And the thing, one of the oh, things I would say, he's super puffy from just being punched a whole bunch oh, yeah. in the face. One of the things I would say I really appreciate about this movie is that neither of the main uh, of the leads care in the slightest about being glamorous, and so they look fucking gross and disgusting all the way through the movie and just keep getting worse. Oh yeah, like there's this the, the scene where they're in the black white uh, workout dungeon. Like, they look ridiculous because they're in full blacklight. So you've got, like, Kristen Stewart looking dark purple with spots all over her face and her teeth glowing like like an animal's. And you're like, fuck, she was willing to do that? That's rad as hell. And she's oh, all yeah. beat up anyway. No, I don't like the end of the movie. Both of them are absolutely fucked up, you know, puffy, bruised, bloody, just torn clothes and everything. And it's not your standard action movie where it's like, oh, I've got a streak of blood down the side of my face so that, you know, yeah. the front of my oh, face I got still shot looks in the good. shoulder and then I wasn't in the next scene. Yeah. They are very messed up, but that is the moment when he's like, "Oh, I know we have like 50 guns trained on us right now, but I will propose." Mm-hmm. And indeed, she says yes and then they get tased. Yeah, he's like, "She said yes." And then he gets tased and she's like, "Oh, come on. Give us a minute." And tased. then she <laughs> and then she gets tased. That's that. Then we cut to the the constantly referenced prior to this during our discussion kneeling in the woods definitely about to get iced by some cia wet work guy scene although i do enjoy that pullman's like you know how badly you fucked up you're in the woods during the rain fucked up that's yeah. how badly you fucked i love up. it he's just like this is a cliche right now that's how fucked up you are <laughs> uh but yes topher tries to talk his way out of it because he's like look i was doing the right thing i was getting rid of an asset that was more trouble than it was worth and if Victoria if this had hadn't activated him, yeah. he would have just been dead and we'd be done, and yeah. you would have been thanking me for being efficient. Yeah, and Pullman's like, yeah, I would have. And then he, he's like, thank you, and then gets shot twice. Yeah, he stands up and he's like, you see, when I'm in charge, and you're like, yeah. bam, get yeah. dead. Missing the point that if you had, you're right, if you hadn't fucked up, you wouldn't have fucked up. Is That's kind of a tautological statement. You did fuck up, so I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Which still, I'm like. Why? Don't, don't, just put him in jail. You're the fucking CIA. You're not the mob. <laughs> and then Victoria's like, all right, this may be weird, but can I just say, please don't kill me? Yeah. And it's <laughs> <laughs> a good line. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the response is like, you better give me a fucking good reason. You had a puppy and I was just letting you know that we were going to put the puppy down. Okay. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. That's a shitty thing. To you, 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 you activated me. Yeah. You know what's better than saying, hey, we're going to put your puppy down uh, in about ooh, 24 hours and we're not going to do anything until then. That's a good way for someone to try to save their puppy. Shoot my puppy first and ask permission later. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're the CIA. We're basically cops. You know our attitude regarding killing other people's dogs. <laughs> uh, and, you know, at, at least the argument there is like, yeah, but you need to understand this is a four hundred million dollar puppy because I've created a an asset that was able to murder like eighteen of the tough guys by himself, plus a bunch of army guys. Like 
didn't yeah. have a single problem yeah, with she, doing all this. Her whole her whole routine is I'm this guy's controller and this guy is perfect. It worked. You have the you have your ultimate CIA assassin man now. Yeah. You have someone that can just go do whatever and absolutely take care of anything you need. Yeah. He's the ultimate weapon. Please don't murder the puppy that's worth four hundred million dollars. Yeah. I assume that mostly Pullman's just mad that these guys are operating on American soil. I mean, that's the difference between the CIA and the FBI, right? Yeah. They were like, look, if you were trying to coup somebody, I'd yeah. be fine with this. Yeah, but you're in fucking West Virginia. What are you doing? And then the movie ends with the actual right thing for the CIA. Well, not really. The CIA sucks. But the actual correct thing for the CIA to be doing, which is murdering people in the Philippines. Ah, yes. We get... A scene of them in, like, Manila or something. Yeah, they're in Manila at a fancy hotel. They finally get the chance to look all glamorous. Uh, they, you know, he finally gets the chance to leave West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he goes into an elevator and gets kidnapped. And they're like, oh, good. They took the bait. Yeah. And now he gets to murder a whole bunch of fucking Asian guys. A whole bunch of Chinese guys, John. See, not all the... It wasn't only drug dealers that the white that, that uh, were the people of color in this movie. Some of them were unspecified Chinese gangsters. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, what do you know? I can uh, I can speak Mandarin. That's weird. Didn't know I could do that. Again, the line readings are fairly clever in this because he laughs uproariously when he's like, when the bad guy's like, you were sent up here with no weapons. And he looks around and sees like, all kinds a of can of tomatoes, yeah, and a dustpan. And, and, and he goes, <laughs> and they're like, well, are you laughing? He's like, he's like, no, I just, I just didn't realize I spoke Mandarin until just now. And, and then he jumps up and it cuts to a cartoon of a space gorilla doing all the murders instead. Yeah. Because of his comic that he draws, you see. Yeah. Because Apollo ape. Apollo ape and brick chimp. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's that. That's the end of the movie is this cartoon of. Of him as a gorilla and Kristen Stewart as a cartoon Kristen Stewart uh, <laughs> murdering a bunch of Chinese people. Great. Love it. <laughs> Don't worry, though. They're bad. They were all bad. They were very bad Chinese people. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That was pretty much all of American Ultra. Yeah, we, were, we basically went through everything. Yeah, the problem with this movie is that it's competent enough that anything but the blow-by-blow blow doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, granted, there are several arcs in the movie that don't add up. The whole Phoebe is a handler arc doesn't... The twist doesn't make any sense. No. The amount of time that you're like, oh, yeah, we get a flashback to her basically being Harleen Quinzel, where she's like, oh, yes, I was the like psychiatrist in charge of the program. And you know, I, I had a soft spot for you. And then I decided I'm just going to be also a stoner and live in West Virginia because I love you, my weird murder man. Yeah. And then when, when any situation shows up, she's like, you should just call the police and tell them you murdered these guys. And I'm sure that doing that will, you'll just get out of it on self-defense charges. And it certainly won't draw the attention of the CIA who I worked for and <laughs> who I understand is watching you at all times. Yeah, so that twist definitely is a weak spot in the film. I'm probably my least favorite if we're going to get into that. Sure. You know what? What's your least favorite thing in the film? We'll do it backwards. The Phoebe twist. It doesn't make any sense and it doesn't work in retrospect. Yeah. All these scenes of her being like, call the police or we need to get out of here. And what is going on? Why are people trying to kill you? And you're like, you know. You know exactly why. Even if you're trying to still maintain your secret identity from him, you should still just be like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Come with me. We're going this way. I'm just going to guide you through this. We're not going to have any conversations. I'm not going to give you any suggestions. We're switching to orders and we're leaving. <laughs> but he can't leave. Yeah, she's just gas him and put him in the trunk and drive him to another city. 
<laughs> and just be like, yes, this is the town we were in. <laughs> you never knew. You're so stoned the whole time. <laughs> what was your least favorite thing? Uh, I gotta say probably the fact that they kept making John Leguizamo say the N-word a bunch. Oh, yeah, that wasn't great. No. That wasn't my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the soft N-word, but still not the best. Yeah, no. Wasn't real good. Yeah. Not, uh... <laughs> Not super pleased with that. Also, oh, just the fact that every single person of color in the movie is violently murdered. Oh, uh, yeah. Violently <laughs> murdered or just a bad person in general. No, they all got violently murdered. Some of them were violently murdered as cartoon characters, but every That's single true. every single one of them was violently murdered. Yeah, because we had uh, Rose, his two black guy friends. Both got all three of them got shotgunned through the chest. Yep. Uh, there was one other black guy who was one of the tough guys. Yeah, and he got an axe to the, or a cleaver to the middle of his face. Yep. And, and then there were the Chinese people at the end. And that was it. Yeah. And we know that the, the, the black guy, tough guy, was a hardened criminal of some kind. That's what all of the tough guys are. So, yeah, not the best showing for your POCs. I can see where that would be your least favorite. Yeah, I mean, that and the fact that this was very much just, like, taken but for stoners. God, it's like, this is my... My whole thing where, yeah, I'm kind of a loser, but what if I was a badass? I just realized the only POC in this movie that is neither evil nor gets violently murdered is the desk attendant at the Manila Hotel. Ah. That's the one. Yeah, the one with no lines. No lines, yeah. Yeah, he, he gets the uh, the thankless job of, after they ring the bell for service, the two of them start making out violently in front of the counter, and he has to just stand there and pretend he isn't watching them make out in front of him instead of... You know, be like, hi, we're here to check in or whatever. <laughs> yeah. What an ass thing to do anyway. Favorite thing in the movie? Uh, I don't want to give Max Landis credit for writing, but the, the, there are very a lot of good, clever line reads in this. I'll give the credit to the actors doing good jobs on the reads. Okay. Is that better? I mean... Landis on- is a real piece of shit, apparently. Honestly, I was going to go with, uh, and I will go with... Please do. The, uh, the action and the makeup, like we were saying, yeah. the fact that throughout this movie, these people just get absolutely fucked up and you know like you were saying they are willing to be like oh yeah put me on screen looking just as gross as humanly possible that's one of the things i love about Kristen stewart in general is that she loves doing non-glamorous oh yeah it's 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 great the whole thing with Kristen Kristen stewart and robert pattinson both got bum raps to start didn't they yeah like it robert pattinson straight up had to pretend to be a crazy piece of shit to get people to leave him alone uh, he, and both of them were both like, oh, they're just pieces of wood who can't act at all. And it's like, no, just they were just like everyone else in America who rightly recognized that those movies were useless shit. <laughs> so they were just like, I will put the correct amount of effort into this and then I will have an interesting career after that. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's like, what were you told to do? It's like the Star Wars thing. Where yeah. You're like, oh, you were told to give the line read in the worst possible manner. Yeah. Making Natalie Portman look like a, like an idiot, for example, when she's actually a badass actor who I really like. Yeah. It's just. You know, sometimes there's a problem. I also yeah. really do love that it took me until I went to the IMDb page for American Ultra mm-hmm. to find out who directed this because boy did they try and hide that in the credits. They want you want you to think it's Landis. Well, they did the written by and then they did like here's all the producers. Here's the secondary directors. Here's yeah. the director of cinematography and you just don't see the director credit. Who did direct it? Uh, Nima McMima. Nurizada. I don't know. I I actually have heard that name before. I don't know what you've done. (laughs) 
my computer is too far away for my horrible eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard the name before. But... Oh, Project X. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I just... Uh, you definitely get the feeling they're trying to sell this as a Max Landis project because he's not a director. He just writes. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a very brief period here in 2015 and a little before where he was starting to become a hot commodity. Yeah. Between this and I, I think Bright was the one that put the nail in it. But it, I know I think he wrote Chronicle, but didn't direct. Is that right? I, I Yeah, I don't think he ever directed. Is any he of not connected stuff. to Chronicle at all? Am I crazy? No, Chronicle was OK, because it was directed by Josh Trank. Yeah, it was the movie that got Josh Trank Fantastic Four, which, oof, oof, oof buddy, ouch, ouch, oof, owie. Yeah, fan four stick. Uh, okay. there you go. All right, let's go ahead and we are each gonna rate the movie from zero to five to give it a rating out of ten. Jeff, three? It's about a three. It was. It, it's propulsive. I thought this was gonna be way less interesting. I didn't know what it. I, I remember the name, but I was like, oh god, is this gonna be some seventies period piece or some shit? And I actually had fun watching it. It's fast paced and it's it's a lot of crazy action and it's the stylization I like. So I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. I mean, I had the same thing. Like when you read anything about this and they're like, it's like the Borna identity meets Pineapple Express. And I was like, oh, fuck this. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> the fact that the drug stuff is so backgrounded for a lot of this i was like oh good this isn't a stoner movie no and there's very little giggling about weed in this movie yeah there's it's not forefronted you have a whole bunch of things where someone will be like oh yeah you know i want to go get high just because i'm having a hard time dealing with things and when they do get high in this movie the, the, the closest thing you get to anything weird is the am i a robot scene but that's just paranoia every time they show him burning one out or whatever he just is just like all right now i'm high and that's i like this this yeah, is my this preferred is, this state. is mostly just to mellow me out over the fact that someone is trying to murder me yeah yeah they, they, it's a uh, fairly realistic treatment of marijuana for the most part yeah uh so i i think i'm gonna give it a th- i'll give it a three and a half okay mostly like i said the action the makeup the the film i feel was good enough to be like oh yeah i could i could definitely see watching this Mm -hmm. like if someone else wanted to watch it i wouldn't be like oh please don't i honestly i hear a combination of the born identity and pineapple express and my thought is actually i prefer this movie to either of those yeah i i did not like the born identity oh i was gonna say i did not like pineapple express at all i didn't like pineapple express either i'm genuinely not a big james franco and and that goes way back from before the troubles i've always been like i don't what is the deal with this He's just like a watery-eyed smug machine. What what's, what what does he do that's interesting? Huh? Uh, uh, but yeah, I and Born Identity, I feel like the editing really hurt that movie. Yeah, I know I've seen most of the Born Identity, and the thing is, it suffers a lot from just being that very snidery. Everything's blue and gray. Oh yeah, it's got that silver filter on it. Where yeah, that was a problem. No the, the era. Yeah, the era it was in. They washed it out with a silver treatment. You can see that in so many action movies from right around that point where they were like, we want to make this black and white, but we're not allowed to. Oh, yeah. And having it be in this where you're like, oh, we've got a weird, like, fluorescent black light room. We've got yeah. all sorts of this explosions, fireworks, yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this has a very good sense of putting stuff on the screen. Yeah, this movie's colorful and I appreciate that. So uh, six and a half there for American Ultra. Way better than I thought it would be. Me too. I was not displeased watching this. I, I was I was worried that it was going to be boring and dire. I still feel like it might have been a trickier one to review than or to discuss in our usual kind of springboard to actually just tell jokes at each other way because the movie's pretty good. 
Well, yeah. Well, mostly it's just, oh, you're just going from like action scene to action scene mostly. Yeah. Once it starts and you're like, okay, that's cool. There's weird, weird Topher Grace shit going on here with that character. But yeah. for the most part, it's fine. It's very similar in my mind to when we had to review Hardcore Henry. Oh. Except Hardcore Henry had a lot more weird shit happening in the sidelines that gave us things to hook onto. Oh, yeah. So, so there, there you go. go. Six yeah. and a half out of ten. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, obviously, we will be done with this episode, but if you want more of us oh, I know reviewing some media, mm-hmm. we've got TV Mastery. We are closing in on the end of our littlest hobo run. Why would you say the upcoming episode is the penultimate episode of Littlest it, Hobo? It is indeed the penultimate episode of the littlest hobo that we will review yeah there's hundreds of episodes we can't keep going forever though oh yeah there's like seven seasons and a movie yeah there's a movie god damn oh yeah there's a littlest hobo movie. i mean it's from the like 60s and it's in black and oh, white. oh that's but... right yeah it's from like 1954 <laughs> yeah okay i i remember that that exists now yeah. i i just didn't know it predated i was kind of hoping there'd be like some sort of canadian tv revival in the some, 80s some 90s yeah. redo some, movie oh, god, a 90s redo it's genesis project but the scientist is played by shatner or something like that <laughs> we just never knew uh, but yeah, if you go over to patreon.com slash system mastery, join us at the $5 level, you unlock every single bit of our bonus content that includes all of our stuff for expounded universe and it, system mastery it gives you the system mastery. It gives you TV mastery and it gives you our monthly afterthought as well as access to patron only channels in our discord. There is so much you get. And what a deal it is. It's like 10 bucks a month. It's a great deal for so many extra podcasts. If you've got an office job, we're here to help fill your ears with anything but the person sitting next to you loudly eating a microwaved fish. We are here to help. Oh, yeah. Do you have a job where you're just sort of mindlessly trying to stock shelves? Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? Are you doing data entry? We're here to help. Seven, by the way. Seven. <laughs> Fourteen. Ah, yes. Twenty-six. <laughs> January. Oh, no, we've activated someone. <laughs> Change that column of Excel spra- uh, Excel numbers to dates. Do it. <laughs> Equals percentage. Oh, God. When I <laughs> I used to have that job, and God, there is nothing worse than when in Excel assumes some column of numbers as dates now. It is so hard to turn it off. Uh, but anyway, yes, you can do that. And there are always non-monetary ways you can help us out. Yeah, yeah. You can send us uh, physical property. Go ahead and sign over the deed to your car. Your house. Uh, yeah, send, send us your oh, home. please, like anyone has a house nowadays. Mail us your home. <laughs> yeah, give me your, your tiny mail-in home. Let me send you the list of people I need eliminated. That's gonna that that's relatively cheap. Maybe one of them lives near you. Maybe. And I, I approve the use of piano wire. Piano wire. To fix your piano. Approved. Approved, yeah. <laughs> what else are you going to fix your piano with? I ask you. <laughs> and you can also, anywhere you listen to us, go ahead, rate us, review us, give us a good rate. That helps everyone find us, and then we can do more dumb shit. Yep, and that's always the hope, to keep doing more and dumber shit. Yep, let's raise that ceiling on how stupid we can be. Let's lower that floor. <laughs> let's do both. Let's pick up the bottom of the barrel and see what's under there. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in another couple weeks with more Movie Mastery, and until then, you have a good one. <laughs>